Hey folks, have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Maybe you've been listening to the Whitfield Report for a while and you're starting to think to yourself, hey, you know what? I could do this podcast thing, but where the hell do I start? Well, folks, I've had a lot of friends ask me that in the last few weeks, and I'm here to tell you all that Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. This means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. You're damn right that's what I'm doing. And what I like about Anchor is that whether you're a novice or an expert, it's incredibly easy to use. They have uh, great tools that you can use to record and edit your podcast if you're a novice just starting out. Or if you're like me and you're an old pro at this, you can bring your own tools and record your audio and then upload the files yourselves. Whichever way you podcast, it's extremely easy to use Anchor, and I highly recommend them. So get started today by going to anchor.fm forward slash start. And I can't wait to hear your podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Now go out there and make some podcasts. Okay, folks, uh, we are live on the YouTube channel now, and uh, hopefully we don't have any freeze-ups this go-round, but anyway, uh, welcome to the Whitfield Report uh, podcast. I am the aforementioned Sam Whitfield, uh, broadcasting here from Florida, and uh, joining me tonight is, uh, for the the sixth time on this podcast, is... uh, my good friend and co-editor at American Watchmen, uh, Joshua Johnson. I, I I should really just name him a co-host of the show at this point because he's on uh, so much when I'm not doing uh, the podcast solo. Has but, it uh, been six times? Uh, I feel like it's been six times already. But. Yeah, I mean, I I I, I mean, <laughs> well, we we talk so much on and off air that. Uh, you know, it's probably, uh, it probably feels more than that, but, uh, anyway, uh, we're here, so we're here, uh, tonight, we're recording this, uh, on Friday, October, uh, 20th, 2017, uh, 
But those who are listening on the audio version of the podcast, you'll hear this uh, tomorrow on Saturday. Um, so on the podcast over over the past few weeks, uh, I've been covering uh, a, a myriad of uh, different topics. Uh, well, first of all, I relaunched the podcast uh, two weeks ago, so you can uh, you can find the new uh, podcast page over at WhitfieldReport.Podient.com, and uh, you can subscribe via iTunes, Google Play. Uh, we're on Stitcher now, too. Uh, and we're we're hoping to get added to a few more uh, podcasting platform services. But long story short, you can uh, you can find the hot the podcast on the big two now, which is uh, iTunes and the Google Google Play Store. Uh, you can go to uh, thesamwhitfield.com for my personal blog, which I really need to uh, update, and then uh, AmericanWatchman.com or .org, which is where uh, Josh and I both uh right and we have some really great new uh contributors there so be sure to go check that out um anyway josh and i have been meaning to do a podcast together for a while because there are a lot of topics i want that we both wanted to cover on air uh I guess the first uh being i know i didn't really tell you this before the show but uh josh but uh, it kind of seems strange to me that a, f- a few weeks ago, uh, all of the media was talking about was, uh, was the, uh, Las Vegas shooting. And now we're hearing absolutely nothing on the, uh, on the matter. So, uh, do you have any take on, uh, Vegas? Because I'm, I'm kind of, uh. Well, I guess. What do you mean by a take on Vegas? Do you do you mean do I have a, do I have a take on on why they've stopped talking about it, or do, do yeah, just well, in general on what happened? Well, well, why the well why they why they've stopped talking about it in the, in the media? Um, well, the last I heard about Vegas, they had uh, they they were discussing updating the timeline. Um, and and that was because of a receipt that was found proving the guy had checked into the hotel uh, sooner than they had anticipated. I I guess the reason I, I don't really have a take on why they've stopped talking about it because to, to to be honest with you I don't think there was all that much there. Uh, I don't think they had any uh, evidence. Well, I mean they they had evidence obviously, but they they weren't able to find what the motive was, and that was what everybody wanted to know. And uh, that was what the and, and and that sounds absolutely terrible saying it that way, but unfortunately, thanks to how the media handles these shootings, that's what it's almost become. It's like a it's like a TV drama almost, where they go out of their way to focus on the shooter, and I, I don't think they ought to do that. I think that just encourage uh, that just that just encourages other shooters. And what I mean by that is you have these crazy guys out there who want to want to go down in history or whatever, and they think the best way to do that is going and shooting up. Uh, shooting up a bunch of innocent people. Yeah. And I, think, and I think as far as I can tell, that may have been the guy's motive this time. I don't know. He, he was definitely crazy. He was definitely crazy, but they weren't able to find the motive. And then they just kind of stopped talking about it. Maybe they're probably still investigating, but you know, these things take time and, uh, and it's not like watching law and order where you get it all in an hour. So I right. think I just stopped covering it because the cops, have, they don't have any new breaking information. Now it's sort of the, the the slow tough part of the investigation 
Well, I, I said two weeks ago on the uh, on the podcast on the uh, relaunch episode. I don't know if you had a chance to uh, listen to that one yet, but I said uh, about two weeks ago now on this uh, podcast that I I feel as if uh, the media stopped talking about it as a whole because um, on the on the left wing media, uh, it's pretty much been proven that this guy. Uh, at, at first, the left-wing media tried to uh, make this guy out to be like a, a left-wing, uh, you know, uh, I mean, a right-wing uh, Trump supporter, uh, you know, who was connected to the Trump campaign somehow. And uh, once that narrative kind of, uh, you know, fell apart, then they tried to tie it to the NRA. And then once that narrative fell apart, they kind of started talking they kind of stopped talking about it because there was no narrative for them to push uh, their agenda. Uh, likewise, on some conservative outlets, not all of them, but on some of them, uh, they, you know, they, they tried tying the guy to ISIS and whatnot. But I mean, since there's, since there's been new, no conclusion that that's true at this time, uh, it seemed as if the right-wing media also kind of uh, stopped talking about this too so i i think on both sides um of the media uh they kind of lost interest because there was no narrative you know there was no it's it's like i uh it's it's like i said they've they've basically the media in this country have turned these mass shootings into uh tv uh television programs almost you know they have to have a story and they have to have uh, a bad, well, obviously there is a bad guy, but when I say a bad guy, I mean, they have to find either it's the guns or either it's the, te- the Islamic terrorism. And sometimes it's just a crazy guy who, who had no discernible motive whatsoever. Right. Um, you know, and I mean, at, the, at this point, I, I'm, I mean, I, I, I hate, I hate to say this, but I'm kind of glad that, that story faded from the news because, um, you know, rather than. I, I mean, I know this is going to sound horrible, but in, in the past we've had, uh, you know, shootings where uh, a, a shooting occurs and then um, and then for the next six months, it seems, we're, you know, in an, we're in an endless uh, debate over gun control and, uh, you know, and Islamic terrorism and, you know, the, this country is so splintered as it is that, you know, I'm, I'm really kind of glad that we were able to kind of just bypass that this go around and, you know, come together as a, as a nation, um, this go around, if that makes sense. I don't know if we came together really as a, as a nation on it. I think it just kind of faded away before, because we couldn't divide our, and and that's pretty sad, really, you know, because we couldn't divide ourselves on it. The, the story just kind of faded, but. Well, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I guess, I guess you're you're actually right. I mean, I mean, maybe I was taking a little more, bit more of an optimistic ap- approach. I, I guess, I guess my idea of coming together these days is the fact that we managed not to divide to divide ourselves. Uh, you know, you ought, you ought to know better with me, Sam. The with, <laughs> the answer is always pessimistic when it comes from Josh on the on the political issues of the day. Oh no, no not always, not always. I. 
I, I tend to be a bit of a romantic, so so it uh, depends on the issue. Uh, no, I, I'm, a, I'm a pessimist too, uh, you know, to the point where I, I shouldn't really admit this, but uh, on air, but I'm going to anyway because it's my podcast. Uh, other than other than when I have to uh, read stories for this podcast or, you know, do, do research for Colm and whatnot, uh, you know, my interest in politics I'm not as much of a political news junkie as I as I was when I was a teenager and first starting out. Like I, I still pay attention to politics, but I'm not glued to the Drudge Report or to uh, the news app on my uh, phone. You know, as much as I as I was when I was younger and starting out, and maybe that's just because. I've, you know, I've now I've been through a few events in my life. I'm, I'm just kind of like over it. But I mean, I, I don't know. Uh, I could do with unsubscribing or uninstalling from uh, some of the news apps on my phone. Sometimes I think I, I've got quite a few on there, and I know what you're talking about. It, uh, it, you know, if I'll, I'll go to bed at night. I shut my phone. I'm, I'm old school, ladies and gentlemen. I, uh, I, I shut my phone off still. When I go to bed at night, uh, I'm not I'm not like those other millennials that like to uh, play on their phone all night. But uh, I'll wake up in the morning, and uh, and it blows my mind that this much can happen in the in the in the news just you know in, in one six or seven hour period. I'll go to bed at like midnight. I'll wake up again at five in the morning, and my phone I'll, I'll turn it on, and then it'll be like a a little atomic bomb going off or something. It'll just be dinging and vibrating and going crazy for like 15 minutes. And I'll, yeah. I'll open it up and it'll just be filled with news app notifications from what happened while I had it off. Same here. I don't, I don't turn my phone off because I, I use my phone as like an alarm clock. Uh, but when I, when I plug mine at night, I, I turn mine into uh, I turn airplane mode on, on mine, which is, uh, you know, which is essentially turning it off without actually turning it, it off, uh, if that makes sense. And, oh. uh, you know, and, and my, uh, my phone printer does the same thing um, as, your, as yours does. Plus, um, whenever, whenever something happens, uh, people immediately, like, tweet at me at, like, 2 or 3 in the morning wanting to, to know my opinion on something even though you know i'm i'm asleep so uh you know which i find that to be pretty interesting because um you know why would why would they want my opinion right then so but uh yeah the the news cycle i mean the news cycle has really become uh uh an interesting thing which uh Kind of leads me to segue. Now, now the media's newest thing is uh, an obsession with Harvey Weinstein and the whole, uh, you know, uh, pedophilia slash sexual assault, you know, scandal in Hollywood. Which uh, did I, he did he sexually assault an underage kid? I didn't know the pedophilia was in the mix. Is, is that well, is that... not him, not with him directly, but. Uh, you know this has this has brought up the issue now of um of like uh i guess 10 years ago there there were there was that one uh 
kid who was a Disney star. I, I can't remember remember his name, but he uh, he he's he's been claiming for years that he was uh, sexually molested uh, at Disney, and um, at, at first, no, at first, everyone kind of dismissed it because. Uh, he didn't really provide that much proof at the time, but now, uh, you know, people are starting to kind of relook over everything uh, in Hollywood. Uh, kind of every, you know, story of sexual assault, you know, or, or molestation. And I mean, I guess here's kind of my whole take on this. Uh, why why are people so surprised that this is happening in Hollywood? I mean, we've heard about this for the last. 75 or 80, 80 years of rumors of this, uh, going all the way back to Judy Garland in the Wizard, uh, in the Wizard of Oz. Um, well, well I'll, I have an answer. I have an answer for you, Sam. Why they're why they're all so allegedly surprised about the sexual abuse in Hollywood, and you'll and you'll have to forgive me if if, if I uh, seem a little bit slower tonight than normal. It's just uh, it's 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 somewhat late in the side of the, this portion of the country, so my energy is starting to run low. But uh, but anyways, the, the reason that everybody is so obsessed with talking about Harvey Weinstein and about uh, about the uh, the the sexual assault and, and, and allow me to be specific I'm, more more specifically, I'm talking about have you noticed how everybody who talks about this tries to politicize it? Yes, uh, the reason uh, of they, course. the reason that the politicization of this has well first off the whole the whole reason it's politicized in the first place is because our culture has become such a burning trash heap we are we are essentially an open air whorehouse at this point especially hollywood uh that that nobody wants to talk about you know can you imagine if this came out in the 1950s what would would the would the late night talk show host be uh, making jokes about? Oh well, all men are. This is obviously proof that we're living in rape culture and all men are sexist pigs. Or you'd have people on the right saying, "Aha! This is proof that all uh, all people who donate to the Democrats are sexist pigs." No, they wouldn't. The political parties wouldn't even comment on this at all. They would come out most likely and say, "Why should I be expected to comment on the perversions of a private Hollywood producer?" Uh, what he did was sick and wrong. That's all I have to say on it. But now we've we've become so culturally numb to this this sexually charged culture where women are where women are being objectified almost twenty four seven. That and and where that's encouraged, mind you, the people who claim that there's a sexual the the, the all these so called feminists who are coming out right now they don't have an, they never had an issue. Remember, they never had an issue with the sexual objectification of women in Hollywood up until now, when it could suddenly be politicized and used as a weapon against men. Right. The, uh, the, 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 the problem is that nobody wants to have an actual serious conversation about what has gone so wrong in our culture, where this kind of attitude became prevalent in Hollywood in the first place. Nobody wants to have that conversation. So instead they turn to the political divisions. Well, let's have that com. Let's have that conversation then, then Josh, because I, I'm in, I'm in agreement with you. But what but what do you think went wrong uh, in America? And I, I understand we could do a whole nother podcast on, on this, and maybe at some point we will. But uh, just really, I, I think we're gonna I think we're gonna have to go through a lot of podcasts to answer the question of what went wrong in America, Sam. But, I think we're gonna do a whole have to do a whole a whole series on that. But, 
Sam Whitfield and Joshua Johnson present what what went wrong in America? Part one of a twenty part uh, series. So, <laughs> but uh, no, just just kind of you know, kind of cliff notes uh, as as best you can. What, what do you what do you think went wrong? Because I I think that you and I we may have some differences, but we may have a lot of similarities. Um, well, you know, this is a this is a complex question. It's sort of like what came first, the chicken or the egg? Because, you know, dating back to the Roman Empire, uh, dating back to ancient history, there have all, there has always been, you know, uh, there's always been the temptation of sex. Yeah. Uh, you know, we see it in the Old Testament in particular with Sodom and Gomorrah. But uh, as, 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 as civilization developed as Christianity took hold throughout the Western world anyway, uh, we we learned to rise above these uh, sinful instincts we have, these these animalistic, uh, and, and I think you know what I'm talking about, Sam, when I, when I say animalistic, you, you, you know that there's the natural drive in men and women to have sex, and that can become obsessive for some people like Harvey, apparently, very quickly. Uh, but as Christianity spread throughout the Western world, people learned to rise above that and to hold themselves to a higher standard. And uh, unfortunately, we men did not always hold ourselves to the higher standard, and this led to the creation of the so-called double standard, which is women asking, well, Harry gets to sleep around with whoever he wants, and everybody thinks he's great and manly, but if I sleep around with whomever, whomever I want, it makes me a whore. And for some reason, along the line, and, and again, ladies and gentlemen, I'm I am abbreviating all of this terribly because, quite quite frankly, as we just mentioned, this this kind of stuff you you can't just talk about in fifteen twenty minutes, but but we are, and so I'm trying to to abbreviate as best I can. So so forgive me if there are some generalizations made here. Uh, but anyways, and the, the, along come the feminists, and they say that well, if men can sleep with whomever they want and it's a great thing, then women deserve to sleep with whomever they want, and that's great too. They didn't say, let's hold men to a higher standard. To me, that would seem to be the logical conclusion. Well, how come, we, why don't we hold men to the same standards we're held to? That, to me, would seem to be the logical standard. But instead, they're like, let's all race to the bottom and, and be as uh, as be as hedonistic as we can be. But uh, anyways, as you can imagine, when women uh, start going around and acting uh, incredibly sexually, then the men who already weren't generally holding themselves to the highest of standards to begin with begin to take advantage of that. And as and, and, and you're already asking, Josh, what the hell does this have to do with Harvey Weinstein in Hollywood? I, I, I'm not because I, I, I see where I see where you're going with this. But yeah, I mean, I, I can I'm, I can glad, I'm glad you do, Sam, because I'm just swinging it. But <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just joking. But uh, but anyways. The, for, for for less discerning members of the audience, they might be asking, "Josh, where where the hell are you going with this?" And and where 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 I'm going with it is that in Hollywood, when when this first got started, people like to think that the casting couch only did well, not Hollywood even acting. As as long as we've we've had acting, you know, even back in Europe, in the days of uh, of of Shakespeare and the days of the of the Globe Theater, you had uh, men who were not high, holding themselves to high standards, 
attempting to use their position to pressure women to uh, to sleep with them. Well, except I, I do want to make one correction uh, as kind of uh, a, a, his, a, a culture historian. Uh, back in Shakespeare's days, uh, the all the women were played by all the female parts were played by young boys uh well, yeah so, they, they, they were yeah sorry I, I mean i i shouldn't have used that as an example sorry about that uh no, no, but, i just remembered that when you brought that up yeah that's a, that's a great point no but it, it actually does kind of work the same way i mean i i can imagine that you know just like there were uh you know there were how there were uh play producers or you know, whatever the term was back then, uh, molesting young boys. I, I, I can now. I can imagine that there were. You know, well, I'm sure. I'm sure that did happen. Unfortunately. Yeah. But as it pertains to women, what I what I should have said is that this dates back to as as long as women have been acting in any capacity. Men have tried to say, well, men men in positions of power would try to exploit them sexually in order to get them a career or whatever. But. Uh, you know, it began to become more and more of a problem when the women began to uh, began to sort of embrace it. And, and, and I think you know what I mean by that. I'm not going to say if there are any actresses in particular who did this, because I, I can think of a few, but I don't know definitively, so I won't say. But you, you had women who sort of normalized it because they figured, well, I'll, I'll just sleep my way to the top, basically. I, and, and I'm not saying that makes it right. I'm not saying that justifies it. But what, what happened was you had, and, and again, ladies and gentlemen, this this is really, uh, you know, I don't feel too comfortable discussing this all right here because it is really, really complex. And I don't think we can do it justice here in just a few minutes. But yeah, uh, yeah but I, I, I say there were some women in Hollywood, not, not just Hollywood, but in acting in general, who came out and said, well, look, the men are the men are trying to exploit exploit us for uh, for for their own exploit our professional desires for their own sexual gain. Uh, why don't I just decide that I'll sleep my way to the top and I'll use my sex as a weapon, so to speak, not a weapon, but as a tool to climb to the top. You know, it, it cheapened women really, and then and then you have the and then you had some women, unfortunately, who chose to to sort of enable that. And that's all I'm going to say on that for now, because again, you know, Sam, really, that th- we could do a separate podcast on this because I don't think we're going to be able to to accurately or 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 you know, it's it's a deep topic. No, right, and and I and I agree, and I I, I apologize for kind of you know uh, you know asking you to do the Cliff Notes version, but I I do think it was. It, well, there's not- there's 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 no problem with the Cliff Notes version. It's just that when you do the Cliff Notes version, it begins to it begins to sort of sound like you're uh, like you're pinning all the blame on one side, and, and it's not really. I, I think we're all at fault here, right? Well, not you know not every not everybody in the sense that you and I are guilty, but well, it, uh, you know they're they're both men and women at fault for for what happened. Well, it's the, it's, it's such that. a complex issue that we could do a three-hour pen with multiple people on this, which, hey, that gives me an idea, actually. So uh, maybe for a future episode at some point down the line. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, in agree- I'm in agreement with you. I, I also think that, I mean, I, I also think that, I mean, I, I'm not trying to be 
snobby here or anything thing like like this but to you to you and i i mean we're pretty we're pretty tuned in to uh to uh politics and uh culture and uh as as andrew breitbart used to famously say politics is downstream uh from culture so you know having said that uh people who are people like you and I who are, you know, tuned into this, we, uh, we pay attention to stuff uh, like this. And we, we have for a long time, uh, you know, on some way, I think there are a lot of people in this country who might not pay, pay as much attention to, you know, this type of stuff. And so when it, when it does come out, it, it shocks them. And I, I think that the social media aspect of, all of this really amplifies things too, because now everyone can get on a on a soapbox and uh, comment on this too. So I don't have any additional comment to make on it. I suppose. I mean, yeah, you're 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 spot on on social media, though. Yeah. Um, so. No. So bottom line. Bottom line for Harvey Weinstein for me is this. The the media has decided to focus on the uh, uh, on the political divisions, or well, not the political. Well, yeah, they have, but they've they've chosen to politicize this in order to divert attention away from the actual issue, which is how incredibly debauched our culture has become in terms of sexual morality, as to allow for something like this to go on for so long. They don't want to have that conversation because don't forget, they were the ones who pushed this kind of, you know, the, the left pushed the transactional nature of sex. They're, they're the ones who said, well, hey, look, you know, you, you give me something, I'll give you something. And that's how this that's how this got started. They, well, they, they, they have cheapened sex to something that can be bought and sold. They have removed the sacredness from the conjugal act. And. And that's really the conversation we should be having. We should be having a conversation about what sex has become in our in our culture. But nobody wants to have that conversation, unfortunately. And so instead, they focus on trying to politicize this as in a way as to as as to either damn all men as sexist, racist pigs, or as a way to uh, slander all liberals as being sexist, racist pigs. I would. Uh... I would agree with you, mo- mostly. Uh, just just playing de- devil's advocate, though. Uh, you know, I, I assume you've heard the joke about what is the oldest profession in the world, and uh, not really you know, a joke. The fact, isn't it? Well, yeah. Well, yeah. It, it it's kind of a humorous fact, uh, depending on how you uh, tell. I mean, so so I mean, I I guess a lot of this, you know, does go back to the beginnings of uh, you know civilization. Uh, which is a whole nother thing that we could get into, but you know, I, again, I, I I do think I do think you're uh, you're right. Um, you know that in in modern society we we do tend to cheapen this this stuff. Uh, I also think that you know, like you said, people people are using this you know as as a as a politist, uh as a political tool. I mean, Sean White or what, whatever his face uh, is called the, the, uh, the, uh, the black lives matter guy. Uh, oh, Sean King. Sorry. I, uh, I forgot his name there for a sec. 
he uh he immediately tried comparing uh Harvey Weinstein to uh Donald Trump, you know, and saying that we basically have Harvey Weinstein in the White House, uh which the difference the key difference you have to remember between Donald Trump and uh and the Harvey Weinstein allegations is that Donald Trump was and 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 this does not in no way does this justify what he said but he was it would seem to me just engaging in some of that vulgar hollywood uh joke joking you know it, there there were no women that came and specifically said he went and grabbed him by the 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 you know what the uh and also, what happened to all of Trump's accusers? They all just sort of vanished into thin air, and that's not how this stuff really works. And I'm not to say, and I'm not saying that I don't believe them, but at the same time, why did they only seem to care about telling their stories to the world and pushing, pushing against him when he was losing a, or when it appeared he was losing, a political campaign? But then they just vanished after he won the presidency. Why did the media drop that story? I mean, we know the media hates Donald Trump. And if there were all these women out there that Trump had supposedly sexually assaulted, how come the media just let them vanish into thin air after the election? It's because the narrative was no longer convenient and likely likely those women may have just been making up stories. We don't we don't really don't we really can't say for sure. Well, and and and, and Gavin McGinnis made the point on his uh pod on his uh podcast on CRTV uh, a few uh, days ago, which like or not, it, it's it's true. If you look at Hollywood uh, these days in, in celebrityism, a, a lot of these, uh, you know, Trump in that video um, said, and, and keep in mind, I think the other thing about this video was th- this, you know, leaked tape was from 2004, way before he even had, you know, presidential aspirations of you know or political aspirations of any kind as far as i know of um i mean so that was one thing but then the other thing was um you know trump said that uh a lot of these you know women they'll they'll let you you know grab them in uh those regions because well that's that's exactly the that's exactly the problem in hollywood though It's, it's like i said we have we have cheapened sex and turned it into some sort of transactional uh, activity, and it's really not. It's it right. was never designed to be that. Right, and and and, and the I. The, the important point to remember on Trump, though, was that it would seem, anyway, from from what we know, that there was no evidence whatsoever that he actually sexually assaulted anybody. With Weinstein, we have upwards of fifty women. We have an audio tape of him actually trying to, to force a young woman to watch him take a shower. Uh, we, we have evidence with Weinstein. With Trump, there was no evidence whatsoever. There was just what these women said during the campaign, and then conveniently they all vanished after uh, the campaign was over. Right. And the media didn't even follow up with them as, as though there was nothing there to report on. Right. Well, and then, you know, well, well and then in terms of that uh, one Miss America contestant it was it was later revealed you know that there was some shady stuff on her that like uh, you know i guess that her boyfriend at the time was like a was like a mexican uh drug lord or something like that so i mean so i mean these things cut both ways to a certain, a certain extent but uh anyway i mean 
yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, I mean, I, I think it's, I mean, I, I, I will say I, I, the only good thing about this story, and, and I'm not saying the Harvey Weinstein aspect of what he did was good, don't understand why it isn't a gentleman, but what I'm saying is I think the awareness that there that this stuff exists in Hollywood is good because maybe there will actually be a, a, a push to actually change the culture. Hopefully, but um, like Josh, I'm a little pessimistic that that will happen at this time. So uh, who knows? No, they're not even willing to have the they're not even willing to have the conversation about what's what really caused all this. They're they're too willing to ignore the the cause of this. And to instead focus on the, the political aspects of it. And yeah, there's the talk about uh, how rampant this is in Hollywood. But make no mistake, it's going on right now still. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's going on. You know, right now, there there are still cases. I, I guarantee you, as we speak tonight, there's probably some poor girl uh, who wants to be in a movie who some other producer is treating exactly like Harvey treated people. They're, they're not willing or, to actually change the the what's going on there because they're not willing to have the conversation that needs to be had about these kind of issues and about sexual morality or or some uh or some poor or some poor boy too that that's well, yeah, yeah that's another thing which uh you know i i don't want to i don't want to get into conspiracy theories here but uh the rumor i i heard a rumor a few months ago i i can't really can i can't confirm it uh as such yeah, but, I, but I've heard rumors that one of the reasons why all that pedophilia stuff about Milo uh, Yiannopoulos came out a few months ago was because he was actually uh, working to expose some uh, velvet rope uh, pedophilia ring in Hollywood. And for those of you who aren't uh, familiar, the, vel- the velvet rope uh, refers to the, uh, the gay, uh, you know, uh, sect of of Hollywood. Um, again, I I don't know if that was true that he was working on it on an on an expose, but uh, if true, the timing of that whole thing is pretty interesting. So, um, it, do you have anything to say on that? Or I I, I don't uh, I don't follow. I mean I I don't study Hollywood particularly that much, so. To me, this whole thing is really, uh, you know, I, I, quite frankly, I, I think the Weinstein, I think there are other, th- don't get me wrong, it's important. Well, he broke the law, he deserves to be prosecuted, uh, he deserves probably to be in jail. But but I think at this point, the, the way the media has obsessed over this story, I, I, I don't understand it particularly. I think there are other bigger issues they could be reporting on, but that's just my particular opinion. And, and, and don't misunderstand me, that's not meant to uh, disrespect the victims at all. I feel deeply for all of them. Uh, I've, I'll keep them all in my prayers. And uh, this man does deserve to go to jail for what he's done to them. But, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Right now, it seems like the media is just reporting on the same old facts over and over again every day. The only real new thing that broke recently being that his brother was a bit of a jerk, too. So, yeah. Uh, and speaking of, you know, the media kind of moving on to other things, uh, you know, we're kind of segueing into another thing. Uh, I guess there's I guess there's this big controversy with uh, Trump and the Gold Star families now, which uh, 
uh, honestly, uh, I'm not. I'm not really sure what happened there, um, Josh. It seemed like you you had some more uh, information. On well, this. Uh, this I can give you the QuickBooks uh, take on. So, uh, as as I'm sure you at least, I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna assume you and uh, and our audience know the basic facts of the case. Yeah, but, uh, I, I, the United States has been in uh, Niger or uh, Niger, as I've noticed many on the on the cable uh, news networks referring to it as. Uh, we've been there for some years now, uh, helping to fight radical Islamic terror organizations like Boko Haram. And uh, so these four uh, Marines were out on a reconnaissance uh, mission. They had gone on uh, at least, I think, over 16 missions previously. Uh, same guys, same recon team, and they'd had no incident. So the Pentagon had no reason to suspect that uh, they were going to be attacked, but unfortunately they were. They were ambushed by about uh, 50 to 100 ISIS fighters, uh, well, not ISIS, uh, Islamic terrorist uh, fighters. And uh, as, as I'm sure you can tell, 50 to 100 versus four are not good odds. Uh, the reconnaissance aircraft was not even overhead to support them, so they were pinned down under fire for about 30 minutes before uh, a French fighter jet came and provided some aerial support, and then a French helicopter actually had to come and uh, evacuate them. And I think by that point, they were either dead or they were wounded and they died in transit. Uh, one of them, the uh, the the uh, young uh, black gentleman, uh, LaDavid Johnson, uh, was actually left behind and uh, was sort of off the radar for three days until they finally found his body. And uh, and so that was the, the, the woman in particular, Trump, called his uh, fiance. And uh, tried to, and, and, and it's important to note that he had asked General John Kelly, who had lost his own son in Afghanistan some years before, what, what he should do or how he should say this to them. And apparently Kelly advised him that uh, there's nothing you can say that's going to help these people. I would recommend not doing the call at all. But uh, Trump decided to do the call and he called uh, LaDavid Johnson's widow and uh Apparently, I forget her name, but the, the this particular woman's congresswoman or congressional representative, uh, an, an African-American gal who is fond of god-awful ugly cowboy hats, uh, apparently decided to listen in on the call, which is deeply disrespectful, but apparently they'll do anything to get Trump, I guess. Uh, you know, it's just another sign of our moral, our moral decline. Uh, and so uh, she claimed that Trump basically was disrespectful to the uh, the grieving widow because he said to her that her son knew what he was signing up for. Or that, to me, yeah. to me that doesn't sound like a problem because I, I tend to agree with General Kelly that, well, when you sign up for the military, you know, that, that you're, you're pretty brave. You know that you are basically signing up with the uh, with an asterisk next to your an asterisk next to your name that says, uh, by signing this, you may volunteer to, to make the ultimate sacrifice for your country. And, and I think that's what Trump was trying to say, but the, this particular Democrat congresswoman has twisted it way out of proportion to make it sound like he was disrespecting a Gold Star family. And, uh, and then, after, after all this happened, apparently that same congresswoman was asked earlier today what she thinks about this, and she was bragging that she's a rock star now for, for, for causing this uh this uproar over this particular gold star family and it just blows my mind how selfish this woman can be yeah this because the family 
because the, the family, their business, the, the, the fact that her, her uh, fiance, her husband to be died is now being constantly replayed over and over again on the national news. And it's not giving her the time she needs to grieve. And it's also this congresswoman could come out and say, Oh, I'm a rock star now. That's incredibly disrespectful, but they try and twist it and pin it like Trump was the guy who did something wrong. It's amazing. Well, well, I've, I've, I've always said since the, be- since the beginning of, of January, uh, to my, to my friends and family, uh, I, I said, one of the reasons I don't watch the, one of the reasons I don't watch the news anymore, other than research for my, uh, columns or my podcasts are because, uh, the, the media is going to do, the mainstream media is going to do whatever they can to uh, subvert and uh, demonize Trump. And so most of the time, it's not even worth reading the headlines because, uh, you know, they're not even trying to start out of the gate neutral. And, uh, you know, to be fair, I guess, you know, we are here at American Watchmen and other conservative outlets. We're not really starting from ground zero of, of neutrality either. But I, I would say the difference, at least for me personally, is I, I've never, I've never tried to brand myself as like an unbiased, uh, you know, commentator or something. I've, I've always been very upfront that I'm, that I'm a conservative and uh, a nationalist populist, um, and. You know, whereas the rest of the media isn't so. Um, but you know that just goes to prove how you know crazy everything thing is. Um, so, uh, next topic on the docket, trying to move along here. Unless any, did you have anything else to say on the topic, or did we pretty much cover everything there there was to say? I've covered the facts of the case, and I've offered up my opinion on it. I think she was incredibly disrespectful, and for what? So she, so she could be a rock star. She's going to drag one of her constituents' private lives at a time of intense loss and grieving. She's going to drag them through the national media spotlight over and over again so she can score a, politi- a cheap political point on the president. It's it's just ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, oh, the, the one thing I do have here in my notes on her, I do want to uh, bring up. Uh, here too, and this isn't really uh, you. You probably want to care about this, Josh, but uh, th- this woman was is a uh, Florida congresswoman woman too, and so uh, I would just urge my uh, fellow Fl- Floridians who are listening here, if if you're in if you're in her district, uh, then you want to you want to vote this uh, congresswoman out in the next uh, election cycle because. Uh, you know, clearly she's not helping, you know, the district she represents and she's just trying to score uh, political points. So, you know, time, time to vote her out is what I would say. But uh, moving on, speaking of Florida, uh, famed white nationalist moron idiot Richard Spencer uh, came to speak uh, at the University of Florida in Tallahassee uh, on Thursday afternoon uh, slash evening. And uh, this made headlines because Governor Rick Scott um, 
decided to to declare a state of emergency, uh, which some on the uh, some on the right think was an idiotic decision to do, and I'm kind of split fifty fifty on that. Uh, on on the one hand, I I would agree that. It, that it's kind of idiotic and that we shouldn't really pay much attention to uh Richard Spencer and, and I'll get into that in a sec, but um the other half of me does think that Governor Scott made a uh made a good decision that if that if we had to put police out there that declaring a state of emergency would be good because uh as I've learned in the past year of uh of being a floridian and after survive after uh you know kind of you know living through my first uh, major hurricane here uh i i learned a few things that a state of emergency here in florida uh during a state of emergency when the police tell you to do something and you disobey the penalty is a lot harsher uh, for those to disobey a cop, uh, the sentences last a lot longer than, I guess, when there isn't a state of emergency. And so, the I and so Scott's justification was to deter uh, Antifa and the neo Nazis from starting crap even more. That that was kind of his reasoning for doing uh you know what he did and like i said on the one hand i can see where he he's coming from but on the other hand uh josh and i were both talking about this before the show that the best solution is to kind of uh ignore richard spencer and uh josh you had some things that you wanted to say on this topic so well, I, I didn't think i didn't think the state of emergency was a good idea because i think it just gives richard spencer the attention that he so desperately craves and needs to pretend that he's relevant. Uh, how many people show up at these events of his, even at the one that, that he did end up doing in Florida? I think they said that the ratio was 10 to 1 protesters versus supporters. I mean, he, he's he's a neo-Nazi. He, he has no real political pull uh, beyond uh, overgrown <laughs> in their 40s living in their mother's basement. Oh, uh, oh. Or or uh, or college fraternity boys who think that you know, who think that uh, Nazi memes are the funniest thing around. So, yeah, I mean, he he he's not relevant, and he and he, but what he is very good at is getting the media to pretend that he is by giving him attention. And so I think that in that respect, I don't think that the the state the the state of emergency actually did anything. And and you said at the beginning there that uh, the, the state of emergency makes it easier to control Antifa or something to that effect. Well, in it's theory. not so much disobeying a police officer. It's the problem. It's that, it's when they assault other people and destroy property. Or, and the same goes for Spencer and his Nazis. It's when they assault other people and destroy property that it becomes a problem because then they've broken the law. And so to me, it would seem to make more sense not to declare a state of emergency. Just ignore that he's coming. Let him come to his event. If people show up and start breaking the law and get rowdy, have police ready and at the uh, ready at standby to go in and arrest them and enforce the law. To me, that, that's straightforward enough. But I, the state of emergency to me just doesn't make sense because it gives him the attention he wants. I I, I would I 
I would agree with you on that. My my problem with Spencer, and I've I've said this before too, and this this kind of goes back to why I do why part of me does support the state of emergency. Even if even if the governor did ignore you know the fact that Spencer was coming, let's just let's just say that that he did and he he didn't do anything. The the mainstream media is obsessed with Richard Spencer. And I said this back before Charlottesville even happened. I said, you guys want to stop neo-Nazism? The best thing to do for all the media outlets is to just ignore, ignore this rally in Charlottesville. Don't do it. Don't do anything. You know, just completely ignore it. And of course, the media didn't. You know, they had to have all of their, you know, TV trucks and you know uh, camera crews and reporters and all and all that stuff, and then Charlottesville happened the way it happened because the media was giving them the attention that, that they wanted, um, and so you know again I I I have agreed with what you're saying, but then I also feel like if Governor Scott who uh, I I really respect as a governor. He did a great job with the hurricane uh, handling here. Uh, if he did if he did ignore uh, Richard Spencer, like you and I think he should have, then the media would have also crucified him for ignoring uh, Spencer. So uh, you know, so I I guess my whole you know. I, I guess kind of a theme for this. Here's what I guess I would say to that, though, Sam. Let the media crucify him. The Republican, I mean, if you're a Republican in this country, the media is not your friend to begin with. Right. So, so to me, dancing, to, to me, you know, enacting policies in order to prevent the media from getting upset that we didn't do enough or that we did too much or whatever. I mean, it doesn't matter what he did. I mean, the, the ha, had something actually happened. And had the event actually turned violent, I guarantee that there would have been somebody in the media, at least somewhere, saying, "Oh, well, this violence wouldn't have happened if it weren't if it weren't for the 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 the, the heavy police presence and state of emergency." Uh, they, they'll always find a right. way to twist it back against you if you're a Republican. Right. Uh, yeah. I, I would. Yeah. I mean, I I I agree. I mean, like like, I mean, like I just said. I mean, it, it is. I mean, it's it's a very sticky wicket where uh, you know where uh, Richard Spencer is concerned. So uh, you know, most most of the time, I I ignore him and I ignore his supporters. So I just uh, know that people want were wanting me to cover this on the podcast because it was more of a local issue. Uh, in in air quotes, Oop, uh, Papa bad. Um, but uh, anyway, uh, and then w- I know we're kind of winding down the show. Were there any topics that you wanted to uh, bring up? And uh, uh, per- perhaps, uh, perhaps next time. I uh, I'll be honest with you. I I'm just ready to hit the hay. So <laughs> yeah, it's been a long day. Yeah, same uh, here. It's it's almost midnight here, ladies and gentlemen. So. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, Josh. Where can we find you on social media? You can find me either at AmericanWatchman.org 
or at jjohnson underscore aw on Twitter. I am also on Instagram at uh, Joshua Johnson 2016, I think. No, 2017. Who yeah, cares about the Instagram account? We got the important one. We got the Twitter and the AW. I, you, so. know, you know, I, I have an Instagram too, and it's linked on my website, but I, ne- I never prom- promote that on my uh, podcast, mainly, mainly because my Instagram is non-political. Um, but I, I really should promote that more. But uh, it's the same. Uh, it's the same as my Twitter handle. So, uh, and uh, anyway, ladies and gentlemen, uh, quick reminder before we end the show: if you like this podcast, uh, please go to iTunes and the Google Play uh, Store and give us a five-star review uh, rating over there for the uh, field report. That really helps uh, me know how you like the show, and it gives us. Uh, an opportunity to, to potentially uh, monetize the show later on down the road and get more uh, recognition. So uh, please go ahead and do that. And uh, as always, thanks for listening. And uh, God bless and God save this great na- nation. And we'll see you on the next episode of the Whitfield Report. God bless.